Welcome to Documentary First, an inside look at a first-time filmmaker's journey. I am your host, Josh Lindsay from the Movie Proposal Podcast. And with me is our first-time filmmaker, Christian Taylor. Hey, Josh Lindsay. Hello. And with us, as always, is our trusty, dusty, research extraordinaire, button-pushing guy, Jason Rugg. Hey there. And if you listened to our last podcast, you were introduced to Flavie and Thomas from Normandy, France. Bonjour. Hello. Bonjour. Bonjour. Bonjour uh, à tous. I just learned something new. Uh, bonjour. And you? And is that what you said? Uh, like hello no, and I you? said uh, hello, uh, everyone. Ah, bonjour oh. à tous is yes. hello, everyone. Oh, okay. Oh, look at that. <laughs> Thank you for our French lesson of the day. I only took four years of France. Uh, or France. I only took four years of French. Um, never visited France. <laughs> You've never but. been to France? No. You have oh, to. Oh, you have to come. Oh, I know. <laughs> Trust me. We want to go. But uh, well, now we I had have... kids instead of going to France. <laughs> and now... <laughs> well, now I've introduced you to some of the best tour guides in Normandy. We can hook you up with places to stay and give you discounts Fantastic. and all Fantastic. of those things. You know, speaking of which, I took French, too, in high school. Actually, junior high. Did you hear the story about my French experience? No. All I really learned was, ferme la bouche, Christian, ferme la bouche, because that's what she said to me all the time, which is, shut your mouth, Christian. <laughs> <laughs> Little did she know, I talk for a living. But she then um, taught us the Lord's Prayer. In French? In French. And to this day, it's about the only thing I remember. And I remember the whole thing. Wow. And so the first time I'm in France, I'm, I'm sitting like at this uh, church doing a military f- thing, I thought, but they invited us to go into church. Oh. And so I went with Jacob and we sat, they sat us right in the front of the church, right behind. As I sat down, I'm looking at Easy Company veterans in front of me. They hand me the program, and I hear him begin to lead everyone in notre père qui est au sur ton nom, soit sanctifié, ton règne vient, ta volonté soit faite sur la terre comme au ciel, donne-nous aujourd'hui notre pain quotidien. And I started crying. I couldn't believe I remembered it. Wow. It was one of those moments where I felt like I was prepared to be there okay. for that moment. It was pretty cool. Anyway, another story for another time. <laughs> well, we would like to hear more from Flavie and Thomas about their experience uh, in the United States and just the work that they're doing from their perspective, because you guys are working on the Rights Bible. Yes. Yes. Yep. So we've been uh, helping Christian uh, in Normandy before because uh, we are, are reenactors, so we were yes, for t- this close. Tell me how yeah. you got involved in this project to begin with. Yes. So um, first of all, I was a friend of Flaubusherie, who was a friend of Christian Taylor. And one evening we had a, a beer in St. Mary's Church Square. And she told me, uh, to me and to Margot Persson, that uh, she had a project to do a movie about her mother with Christian Taylor. And uh, she asked us if we would like to be part of it. So we said yes. And then we met uh, Christian Taylor the first time in 2017 for our first interview. In for this close, and that was the beginning. Is do you, when when did you get roped in? I've never even heard that story, Flavia. <laughs> what about you? How did you hear about it? About the horror meeting yeah. together. Uh, so that was in l'atelier in 40 ans, uh-huh. and uh, we met you, and uh, we we did a, um, an interview 
of about her or something like that. Yeah, so it was because it was my boyfriend, so yeah. I asked him if he wanted to be part yeah. of it. Ah. <laughs> and so. so she shows up in this beautiful blue dress, perfectly coiffed, bright red lipstick, and Thomas comes in as a 101st Airborne soldier. He's even got the Mae West around his neck, which at that point I don't even think I knew what it was. Why don't you tell us what a Mae West is? The Mae West is uh, the life preserve um, the life preserve jacket. Life preserver jacket, yeah. Uh, used by the paratroopers uh, on the gen on, on D-Day, but after, and used also by the U.S. Air Force, by the pilot of the U.S. Air Force, uh, when the, the, the paratroopers was dropped on the swamps or something like that. Yeah, so it or, could be useful. Yeah. yeah. And um, and the Mae West is a, a famous actress and the, the Life Prison Jacket uh, used some, um, some, I don't know, I don't know exactly the, the process, but... Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. so basically what happened is what he's gesturing is that the life preservers fills with air and enlarges your chest area, which is exactly why they call it a Mae West. And what's amazing is that uh, I love your commitment, Toma, because um, w you wanted to feel what the 101st paratroopers really went through. So what did you do in order to really become... Uh, to become a, a paratrooper, yeah. <laughs> a real reenactor. So, uh, in it was in 2017. Uh, 2017. Yes. 2017. Uh, I passed my um, my my wings, so I I became a paratrooper. I jumped fifth. Fifth time um, from a, from a airplane to become a paratrooper, and uh, after on uh, June uh, 2017, I jumped from a C-47 aircraft uh, for the first time, uh, just in Carentan, so like in in 1944. So that was a very incredible experience for me. I've learned a lot uh, about me, about the scare, about about everything, and that was a, a really good experience, yeah. Yeah, I love, I love you your passion much. and your commitment. It's pretty cool, huh? So how, how many times total have you jumped now? Uh, six times. Six times? Six times. The last oh. time was uh, in 2017. Okay. So I jumped with the RCPT Association. Uh, this association... Uh, That's Round Canopy. Round Canopy Parachuting Team. Yeah, exactly. And uh, this uh, association is based in, Fr based in France and also in Florida, in the United States. Okay. Yeah. Do, do you plan to continue jumping? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, that's, uh, I cannot uh, jump this year because the training is uh, the first week of April. And I will be uh, in uh, in state. Okay. So maybe the next year. Okay. Well, that's exciting. Yeah. So okay. So we had our first meeting in yes. l'atelier, yeah. which is the workshop in French, and it's owned by Jean Marie and Sylvie Caillat in Carentan, and it's a place that looks like a 40s shop. It's very cool. You should go there if you're in Normandy. And um, I was so smitten by them, and they, uh, I think, liked the project and were willing to be part of the reenactors for the film. So uh, they got together their friends and tell us what you guys, where, where would we see you in our film? Uh, yeah, you could see us at the commemoration of Carentan on the Purple Heart Lane. We have 40s clothes and we have a bicycle, so it's really at the beginning of the documentary. And you could see us as well in different reenactment scenes as the one in Sainte Marie Dumont uh, with the little Danny with the candies. And uh, I, 
I am the reenactor. I give the candy to Danny. Uh, on the you main, are the lieutenant. The lieutenant, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in the main street of Saint Marie du Mont. So yeah, I give given the candy, the candy to Danny. Well, and actually, you're sprinkled all throughout our film. In every reenactment scene, you guys are in mm-hmm. all of yeah. those mm-hmm. scenes. And yes. also, you are uh, in the states with uh, Flo Plana. Yep, in, in some camper. pictures, and I was in the Bombings at some point. But yeah. oh, that's right, you were. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and but I was hiding. So yeah, <laughs> and you were with uh, you were with Flo and his camper when he was yes. traveling around. Mm-hmm. Um, tell real quick, how did you get involved? in all of this, you know, 40s craziness. Tell me what your, how you first got involved mm. in all of it and why you do what you do. Mm, it's because we are from Normandy, so we used to live uh, uh, with the stories of our grandparents. They used to tell us about the, the occupation time, the liberation, the bombings and everything. And during the Sunday's afternoon, when we, you go with your parents to hang out outside, usually you go to Utah Beach, to the American Cemetery, everything, and you wonder what is this locals, uh, why there are so many graves there, uh, why this World War II veterans has a lot of medals on his jacket, and that's how we get involved in mm-hmm. the 40s history. Mm-hmm. What about you, Thomas? And so we are from Normandy, so that's, I think, for us, we are young. Uh, I'm 24. <laughs> so Flavie's uh, a little older, I yeah. guess. <laughs> 28 and a half. <laughs> <laughs> so, and for us, we are from Normandy, so that's why we have discovered the history of D-Day when, when we, we was very young. I was 10 years old when I discovered the American Cemetery with my parents, and I think that's important for us. And uh, we have the mission to pass on the story of D-Day and to preserve also the the story of D-Day to thanks all the veterans uh, their fight for for their for the French liberation. So, I asked you one time why you dress up, why you reenact every year. What did you tell me? Yeah, we uh, we dress up for different reason. Uh, the I mean the most important reason is to make the World War II veterans uh, remember their time when they were young, when they come in Normandy. Uh, and as well, from our part, I really like the, the trend of the f- the trend of mm-hmm. the 40s. Uh, I think it's re- really glamorous and beautiful. Um, so I wanted to do that. And I remember when I was 10 years old or 11, I was in St. Mary's and I remember seeing some woman dressing in 40s clothes and I just thought, oh, I want to do that when I be, <laughs> when I be a holder. <laughs> what about you? And, you know, for, for the, the military uniform, uh, you have a lot of you have a lot of museum to explain the uniform, the American uniform um, in Normandy. But I think for young people, uh, it's better to discover the uniform, to discover the the World War II stuff, the the, the helmet, everything, the May West. Also, it's better to discover uh, in real. You know, when you have the uniform, on when you can see the uniform, and when some people can explain. Um, why this helmet, uh, why this jacket, why do you have a big pockets on your jacket, why do you have a big pockets, the cargo pockets on your pants. And uh, it's like, you know, a real museum, uh, not a real... A living museum. A living museum, that's, yeah. yeah. And uh, I think that the, the reenactment is very, very important for, you know, to to pass up the... The story of it the, brings history to yeah. life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, your bodies just fill out the uniforms. And, you know, what's so interesting to me is I look at my footage, 
you guys don't look any different than American young men. And so I don't look at the men in my film and think, yeah, they look like Frenchmen pretending to be American GIs. You realize when you have the uniform on, you there's really no difference between mm. the French mm. young man and the American young man. Um, you look the same. Mm. And I, I, I have so much respect for what you do. These young people, they spend their disposable money and their disposable time um, to give to this cause of creating this environment for people that are coming to learn and for the veterans, you know, to make them feel at home. And um, it just blows me away. I, I know I also I know also that you guys have had special experiences with veterans too, right? And I've learned that when that happens, it really makes you uh, it really affects you, right? Didn't you each have a specific veteran? Uh, yeah, I remember the first, uh, maybe one of the first World War II veterans I met. I was in St. Mary Lids again for six urgent festivities. And I was with my father and uh, I was, you know, shy. And I had the, the hand of my father in my hand. And he told me, we saw a, a World War II veteran in a wheelchair. And he told me, go and say thank you to the World War II veteran. And so I went there and I was 10 years old and I shake his hand and I said thank you very much and I think that the first time that really uh, I in my head yeah I mean in my mind I, um, it's complicated it was impactful yes that's yes. it yep and so the the first veterans I have met uh, also the first American veterans World War II veterans I have met that was in the main street of St. Mary Glees also <laughs> uh, his name was Ray Farry uh, he was on the 82nd Hellborn Division, and um, uh, maybe I don't I don't remember exactly, but two days or three days before I went to the um, uh, I, I was in school, and my English teacher helped me to prepare some English sentence uh, to you know to 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 talk with the World War II veterans. So during the week with my English teacher, we prepared some uh, English sentence, and during the weekend, during the the six June commemoration in Saint Mary Glaze, I have some sentence. <laughs> I had some sentence to to talk with the World War II veterans, and for example, to ask to referee, "Can I take a picture with you?" And say, "Yes, sir, you can." <laughs> <laughs> what are some other questions you said? Um, I don't remember exactly, but uh, I may I say, uh, what is your name? So I remember that, and uh, that was referee. And he asked also my name, and I say I'm Thomas, and uh, I was uh, I I have at that time a, a, a uniform, a military uniform, a reenactment uniform, a paratrooper uniform. So and you were how very, old? I'm sorry. You were how old? Uh, 10 or 11, something like that. Yeah, so, that's so fascinating. 11 years old, yeah. My dad took me to the projects in Mississippi, which is a place where poor people uh, live because it's a cheap. And one day we were uh, campaigning for my dad, and we knocked on the door, and this old man came up in a wheelchair, and he was missing a leg. And I was, I think, about seven. And I said... You know, after we shut the door, I was so shocked. I'd never seen anyone without a leg before. And I said, Daddy, where was his leg? And he said, young lady, that man gave his leg for your freedom. And you should always make sure to thank a veteran every time you see them. And in your stories and in my stories, I realize how important our parents are in helping us think about our freedom and how we treat veterans. So if there are any parents listening, 
to this podcast, I do hope and encourage that you will do the same thing that our parents did, introduce us to veterans and explain the sacrifices that they made for our freedom. So, yeah. All right. Well, how about next time? Uh, you, you mentioned uh, film festivals a couple podcasts ago, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. uh, we want to hear more about that. But um, thank you for Flavi and Tama for being here and thank being you. in thank the you film. Very much. It's very cool. Um, well, anyway, welcome, or excuse me, thanks for listening <laughs> <laughs> to Documentary First, where we believe everyone has a story to tell and you can be the one to tell it. Bye, everybody. Au revoir. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to Documentary First. We really appreciate your partnership with us. We can't do any of this without you. So thank you so much for listening, for donating, and for following along on our journey. If you are able to make a donation this week, we really would appreciate it. We are supported by donors who give us $100 or less, so anything helps. Also, if you're able to share the news about the girl who wore freedom with your friends and family, please do that on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or email, and sign up for our newsletter at Normandy Store. Please go to normandystories.com slash donate to make a donation today.